Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Hello world, welcome to episode one of Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland. I use she, her pronouns, they, them is also fine with me, and I have been known to respond favorably to the occasional sir. I am a performance artist, speaker, writer, and creative mentor to physical performing artists, circus freaks, weirdos, whatever. You know, love them. All y'all, you know who you are. Love you. And since that's probably who's listening today, that's exactly who I am talking to. The subject of today's podcast and the first podcast of Audacity Works is financial security. (laughs) Yes, let's dive straight into the deep end. I am a terrible influence. Um, I'm the best bad influence that you could meet. Uh, If you hate your job and you feel it sucking your soul away, I'm going to be the person that's like, quit, quit your job quit your job right now. And that's not good advice. It's not good advice. It's not, uh, it's not designed for longevity. It is not designed for like a sustainable life, but, um, it is what I would do. And I do put my money where my mouth is. Um, so let's talk about that because the cost of not doing something is oftentimes far greater than the cost of doing something. There is a quote that I have been uh, clinging to and sending to people for probably 10 years. It is from a book called Wanderer, which I, spoiler alert, didn't read. But I read enough to get this quote. And I'm pretty sure that this quote is the only reason that I needed to have that book in the first place. It was written by a man named Sterling Hayden. And I'm sure it's a good book. Um, It is a good quote, even if it is uh, very binary, you'll see. So begin quote. To be truly challenging, a voyage like a life must rest on a firm foundation of financial unrest. Otherwise, you are doomed to a routine traverse, the kind known to yachtsmen who play with their boats at sea. Cruising, it is called. Voyaging belongs to seamen and to the wanderers of the world who cannot or will not fit in. If you are contemplating a voyage and you have the means Abandon the venture until your fortunes change. Only then will you know what the sea is all about. I've always wanted to sail the South Seas, but I can't afford it. What these men can't afford is not to go. They are enmeshed in the cancerous discipline of security. And in the worship of security, we fling our lives beneath the wheels of routine. And before we know it, our lives are gone. What does a man need, really need, a few pounds of food each day? heat and shelter, six feet to lie down in, and some form of working activity that will yield a sense of accomplishment. That's all in the material sense, and we know it. But we are brainwashed by our economic system until we end up in a tomb beneath a pyramid of time payments, mortgages, preposterous gadgetry, playthings that divert our attention for the sheer idiocy of the charade. The years thunder by, the dreams of youth grow dim where they lie caked in dust on the shelves of patience. Before we know it, the tomb is sealed. Where then lies the answer? In choice, which shall it be? Bankruptcy of purse or bankruptcy of life? End quote. So, this is not good advice. 
I will be the first to stand up and admit that. It's not good advice, but it's also not terrible advice. Now, uh, let's consider the reality of the moment. Take myself, for example. Uh, this used to be my once and future philosophy. And I was perfectly happy to jump on a boxcar. I did the whole thing like when I was 25 and I graduated from college. I saved up as much money as I could and I went to Europe with a backpack and a one-way ticket. I did that whole thing. I did not have a plan. I didn't have anywhere to stay. I did that for five months and I had pretty much, <laughs> I ran out of money like immediately. And it was great. It was a very defining experience in my life. I learned so much about myself and doing that at the age of 25 is a very appropriate thing to do. Not the age is necessarily appropriate for any activity you want to do. Like the thing that makes it appropriate to do is that you want to do it. So you want to do something identify it and go do that. doesn't matter what age you are. But anyway, because I did that, my energies were freed to want to pursue other things. The whole reason that I came home from that five month backpacking, rootless, vagabond, wandering journey when I was 25 is uh, five months into it, I realized I was kind of bored. I was tired of the constant struggle and like singing on the streets to make some money or posing in an art class like this has been amazing but I would like to have a career I still want to travel but I want to travel for a reason and not just to like see what's there I want to go somewhere and have people that want me to go that have paid for me to go I want a career so I went home I didn't know what that career was going to be I just knew that that's what I wanted. That was the experience of life that I wanted next. And I don't know that I ever would have gotten that far if I hadn't allowed myself the sublimely irresponsible experience of getting on a plane with a one-way ticket, a backpack with way not enough underwear, by the way. You should pack twice as much underwear as you think you need for a journey. And just like wandering around Europe and also... Cell phones were new at this time um, <laughs> to go ahead and date myself. Smartphones were not a thing yet, so it's not like I could just pull up a map anytime. Uh, we did, in fact, have the internet at this point in time, but I didn't carry a computer around in my pocket all the time. So phones were for, you know, emergencies or if you just like had an afternoon and some extra money, you could go. Call your folks, tell them, hey, I'm okay. So all of this said, uh, that, that quote that I admit is irresponsible financial advice. So why have I been sending it to people for 10 years? Sometimes people need that quote. Sometimes people really need permission to do the irresponsible thing. Like, I want to do this thing. It's not responsible. It doesn't make sense. I'm dying to do it. My soul is crawling outside of my body to do it. Everyone is telling me that I shouldn't and I should just be grateful for what I have. Those are the magic words. You say any kind of those words in any kind of that order to me, I'm sending you this quote and telling you, please change your life because this is not working for you. It's just not working. And there's no reason. There is no reason not to do the thing that you have identified that you want to do. It's not hurting anybody. 
you want to do this for your life, but people are afraid for you, they're worried about you, that's okay. That's uh, that's kind of going to, yeah, good for you. You know, people, people love you. People care about you. That's good. But sometimes a little dose of irresponsibility is exactly what someone needs to uh, construct a life that is going to be fulfilling for them. Because so often what we use as a barometer for what is good and decent and appropriate for ourselves is what we see other people doing. And frankly, if you're a weirdo, that's not going to work for you. It's not always going to work for you. You're going to need to do something weird because you're weird. That's okay. Um, I celebrate that. Like, weirdos unite. Um, you know, I think everybody is weird. There's no such thing as normal. There's no such thing as ordinary. And that if you feel like you just need something different, it's because you do need something different. So give yourself that, please. And let it be okay. If it doesn't sound like the most sound, um, you know, Harvard-approved business model in the world, uh, that does not mean that it won't work. It doesn't mean that it won't work. doesn't mean it will work, but doesn't mean that it won't either. The point is that you get to have the life that you wanted to have and the experience of life that you wanted to have, including but not limited to your failures. You are entitled to your own failures. I'm going to say that again. You are entitled to your own failures. That private anguish of knowing that you tried really hard at something and it didn't work, that is a treasure. Not a lot of people get to have that experience. And something good is on the other side that you'll never get to without it. To kind of continue on that like story vein, when I had decided I didn't want to be a rootless wanderer anymore, I wanted a career, wasn't sure what that was going to be, um, came home, I stayed with my mom for a few weeks, helped her move out of her house. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, the coolest thing I could think of to do was the most impossible thing to do, which was I want to learn how to dance on the curtains like Cirque du Soleil. Now I know that it's called silk or fabric or tissue. And uh, I was like, okay, where do I do this? So pulled up that handy dandy internet, found there were a couple places to learn how to do this in the United States. Now there are approximately 50,000 places to learn how to do this in the United States, but this was in 2007. I identified uh, the Circus Center in San Francisco, California. At the time I was in North Carolina where I was born and raised. So I decided, what the hell? I can't think of anything cooler and it's almost certainly not going to work because, you know, for it to work, you have to start when you're three years old and be Russian or Chinese and I'm none of those things. But what the hell, you know, it exists. I'm just going to go see. I'm going to go see. I'm going to give it a shot. So uh, first I needed some money. So I uh, stayed with my dad for five months in Louisiana. Um, my dad has a chiropractic practice and I wrote um, Black Hat SEO on the side, and I worked in his office as a, um, a receptionist, uh, filing papers, and I saved up money, and at night, we would go, like as a family, to the gym. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to learn how to dance on the curtains, I guess I'm going to need some upper body strength, and I had exactly zero upper body strength, so I didn't know what to do. I just started doing the machines, 
in, in circuits and trying to lift weights. I'm like, okay, if I can do a pull-up someday, then that's going to be, that's going to be beneficial for my life of dancing on the curtains. So while I was at that gym, I would have my little MP3 player and I'd listen to this particular song on repeat. And uh, it was originally by Seal and then Alanis Morissette covered it. The title of the song is crazy and goes something like, well, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. And it just made me feel less alone. Like, you're going to go do this really weird wild bananas thing that nobody thinks is a good idea. Uh, I would tell people, they're like, what are you going to do next? I'm like, I'm going to move to San Francisco and learn how to dance on the curtains. They're like, why? Why? Why would you do that? Uh, and I didn't even bother explaining because you know, like, if you don't get it, then why try to explain it? Because it's probably just not going to work, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I didn't. But that song just it helped me feel like I was in good company. Like other people have felt this way. And if you are feeling some kind of way about it, you're like, "Uh, I really want to do the irresponsible thing and make a flying leap. I'm like, Oh, please, please do it. Just like write to me. I'll give you a pep talk. Um, of course. So the, the subject of this episode one podcast was meant to be financial security. And I have of course gotten on my soapbox about doing the thing that you really want to do. Um, in spite of the fact that financial security doesn't seem like a likely reward. Uh, It just depends on what your values are. It depends on what your priorities are. Um, For me, financial security was the last thing on my list. I wanted, uh, I had other values that were, um, you know, more pertinent for me at the time. Uh, So those values are the things that are going to, and I hope will guide your choices. But there is some advice that I have uh, for those of you who are like, okay, well, (laughs) thanks, Rachel, but I am probably not going to just quit my job tomorrow with no plan. I agree. Let's not do that. So if that is the thing that you would really like to do, uh, I do have some advice, um, especially for anyone who wants to do their creative work full time. Um, There are some guidelines that can make that easier for you. Um, I would actually give these guidelines to anyone just like as a precaution, used to be many years ago to say, okay, well, have three months of income uh, saved up, three months of your living expenses. Uh, That number then moved to six months and then the global panini happened. That number for me now is 12 months. I do recommend that you have 12 months of living expenses before you quit a well-paid job that's like nine to five. And if you just can't stand it, then like six months, something, do yourself the good grace of not putting yourself in a position where you're going to have to take work that is dangerous. Um, If you have, if you are in a position where you're earning good income, even though you hate what you're doing, use that position, get that income, invest it, put it away, make sure that you have uh, a nest egg for yourself so that when the time comes and you can like push the big red button that says eject, then you'll have support for yourself on the way. That is something that you can give yourself with this life. So to sum up, do I believe that security is overrated? No, safety is not overrated. It is an extremely human, no, it's not even human. It's just like 
correct for a living thing to want to feel safe. There is not shit wrong with you if you crave security. You should have security. You should have safety. Um, Times when I believe that uh, the worship of financial security can become a problem is when it is used to excuse a life of misery. Because there's no excuse for that. There's no reason for that. There's, there, because you always have a choice. Like the only times you don't have a choice are if you are, well, you know, being held prisoner. Uh, like literally in someone's basement. I hope not. Uh, or if you're incarcerated. Those are the times where your choices are taken away from you. Uh, I'm oversimplifying, but I think you can pick up what I'm putting down. If you are not in either of those situations, you do have choice. Um, And a lot of people, when they say, I'm stuck, I can't make any choices, I can't, there's nothing that I can do, that is not true. There are things you can do. You're not incarcerated, you're not being held prisoner in a basement. You do have choices, so you're not stuck, but you are scared. And that's an appropriate response to the unknown, is to be afraid. But it is not a good enough reason to remain in misery. So there's my soapbox today. Uh, you want to say something to me about it because you feel some kind of way about it, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on the Instagrams at uh, Instagram backslash Rachel Strickling Creative and on Patreon, which is what funds this wonderful experiment. Um, Thank you so much, my fantastic patrons. Patreon.com backslash Rachel Strickling Creative. Made it real easy for you. So, I would say hi, something you want me to talk about. I would love to hear you. Obviously, this is a brand spanking new thing that I'm doing, and I'm already really liking it quite a lot. So, let me know if there's something you want to hear about. I'd love to address it. So, here's to you and here's to me. Don't go back to sleep.